Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. tonight mark schofield uh we're at training camp day by the time this comes out the cowboys will have started their first practice of training camp just about the time this comes out actually um so we finally made it to training camp uh we have a couple months of training camp and preseason before the the real deal gets started but this is the moment we've been waiting for since the end of the season through draft season we've been waiting to get to training camp and we're here mark how are you doing on training camp day we're recording this on Wednesday. Tuesday was just absolute chaos. Like, <laughs> and this trend of arrival videos that we had seen, you know, growing over the past couple of years, taken to a new level yesterday. Aaron Rodgers showing up as Cameron Poe from Con Air. And say what you want about Aaron Rodgers, like him, hate him, love him, despise him, whatever. I thought that was pretty funny. Like, I yeah. give him some credit for that. Like, because it had some commitment to it. You had to grow yep. the hair. And I will say the first thing I noticed was he's bulked up a bit. Like, yeah. He's bulked up a bit. Like he had to put some work in to pull off that, that white tank top there. So credit to Aaron Rodgers for that, but we have actual football to talk about. I was on the radio yesterday and I did a couple of radio shows and every show I was on Connor, they were like, what's up with Jerry Jones, basically like making fun of Mike McCarthy with Mike McCarthy, like sitting next to him. So I know we're going to talk about that. we got a lot of stuff to dive into. So, how are you feeling with training camps underway? It's funny because, again, every time you it's that off-season period where you're not as excited, you know, there's nothing going on, so you kind of lose interest in things. And then training camp rolls around, you get more excited. So I was on Twitter more yesterday than I've been recently, and that was a mistake, um, obviously. Yeah. So shouldn't have done that. I should have stayed logged off. It would have been a lot better, but – I mean, again, it's it, football's back, so you're, you're getting excited about, you know, that aspect of it. Um, also, I, I mean, I've just gotten so used to hearing the Joneses talk that I don't enjoy that portion of it because it's always spun in the angle of what we do is right and what everybody else does is wrong. Right. Um, and that's kind of where I wanted to start because one of his biggest – Jerry's biggest quotes yesterday is he pretty much pointed at – Amari Cooper, Lyle Collins, and Randy Gregory, and said, we moved on from those guys because they aren't available um, to play. And, you know, they're hurt, they're suspended, whatever it is, which I get, but it's football. Your best players are 
more than likely going to miss games every year. If you're building a roster around who can stay healthy all the time, again, you have to have some of that aspect in your team building, but you can't move on from your better players because they play through injuries or they miss two or three games a year, I don't think. So what, I want to get your thoughts on that. Like, how important is that availability to you when you're building a roster? And should you move on from some of your better players if they do have some injury issues or whatever that could be? Yeah, I mean, it's the old saw about, you know, the best ability is availability. All right. And I think that was kind of accurate and appropriate maybe 15 years ago. Like, I think the game has changed. I also think that, like, you know, medicine and technology has changed to the point where, like, a guy has an ACL in November and he's back for the start of training camp the next fall. Like, the game has changed off the field with how players are treated, the medical advancements that have been made. And I think, yeah, if you're talking about at the end of cutdown time, when you're deciding between like the last spot on the 53 man right. roster and you're like, all right, we got a guy that's on special teams and other guys on special teams. Mostly one guy's always in the training room. He's always hurt. The other guy's never had an injury. Yeah. Like maybe that factors in there, but if you're going to move on from guys that are starters, guys right. that maybe they aren't top 12 with their position, but they're on that fringe with respect to Cooper, you know, maybe he's wide receiver 16 in the league or something like that, or 18 in the league, whatever. One of the game's better route runners, if you're going to move on from him because he's digged up at times, he's playing through injuries, that I think is a mistake. Right. Like, maybe if with- it comes down to – or maybe when it comes down to, look, we, we only have the money to sign one guy out of right. two, then maybe, yeah, sure. When those kinds of, like, one-spot decisions are being made, yeah, okay, maybe you factor it in. But a general approach of these guys are always hurt, so we're going to move on, I think that's a mistake. What about you? Well, see, the thing that, like I said, like the reason I hate this time period of being a fan is because it's all a lie. Like, yeah. Mark Cooper played 15 games last year. Yeah. He he missed – he didn't play the last game of the year against the Eagles when they had already wrapped up the NFC East, and he was, you know, trying to just get himself healthy into the playoffs. And then he missed one game throughout the regular season. I think it was for a hamstring or whatever like that. So he, he only didn't play in two games. And one of those games, not a lot of starters played because they were – wrapped up the NFC East. So technically he missed one regular season game last year. He really didn't miss time the year before that. He plays through injury, but that's not being unavailable. That's the job. And then the other thing is, is you guys offered Randy Gregory a ton of money. You just put in a stupid clause that said he, you know, he couldn't, if he got suspended, all of his guaranteed money, or if he got fined, all of his guaranteed money was gone. So like you weren't not going to sign Randy Gregory he just didn't agree to a clause in the contract and then the deal got broken up because he agreed to terms to that deal. And then as they went through the contract and saw that they went back. So again, like I just hate how, and it's not just the Cowboys. Let me say that like owners, general managers, like they think fans and people who cover the team are stupid. And then I'm like, no, we can look and see who played, who didn't like, we can look and see who agreed to terms at the point when you were going to pay him $16 million a year. And then he went and signed that same exact deal in Denver. So, like, don't say you moved on to these players because of that, because I don't think that was – I think the vaccination thing was a big thing for Amari Cooper, where they didn't want to put up with that. Sure, he played banged up. Sure, he made a decent chunk of money. But now when you look at those wide receiver contracts, you go, affordable. Like, that $20 million for Amari Cooper, that's below market value by far. So – I don't know. It's just 
at this time of year, I'm always kind of like, just get me to preseason because it's, and that's kind of where I wanted to go next with it is because, you know, the, the biggest talking point I'd say taking away from some of the stuff we heard yesterday leading up to training camp is that they really do. And I, we talked about this the other day. They really do think that this team in 2022 is more equipped to win than it was in 2021. And I just think that's not accurate whatsoever. Obviously, that can change. You can have Michael Parsons get better. You can have somebody step up and be the rookie year Michael Parsons. Dak Prescott can obviously stay healthy and play better. But on paper, you can't tell the fan base that this team is better than it was last year and that we don't. That was the most disappointing thing is this team's more equipped to win this year than it was last year. And we don't feel the need to make our roster better right now with the salary cap space that they have or trade market. And that's, that's one of the biggest talking points I've seen kind of going into the day is how could you say that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one of those things like you can say that, but right. we can look right through it. I mean, I've got, you know, their current roster depth chart up right now on our lads. And I've got the archived one from September 1st of last year. And it's a better team. Like last year's was a better team. Like you look at some of the talent that's now gone on the offensive line. Some of the talent that's now gone on the offensive side of the ball, the scope position players, Cooper obviously being one of them. Now, look, like you've made some additions perhaps on, you know, both sides of the ball that can help you, but the talent, the top end talent. And, and this is what we talked about last week, right? Like, yeah, sure. The, the start in 22 is good, but then there's right. a depth issue, but you look at the start in 22 from last year, and still, like, there are some holes that are going to need to be filled in when right. you're looking at this year's roster right now. It doesn't mean to say that this team can't win, you know, 12 games or whatever. It doesn't mean to right. say that this team can't win the NFC East, you know, for the first time since 2004 when you get a back-to-back, back-to-back winner. But to say that this team's in a better position to win right now, when you're trying to thread the needle between if guys go down, we're in trouble – like that's a tough one to sort of sell. And it's an interesting one to sell given what we were just talking about, about, Oh, we moved on from guys from Crystal. They were hurt. I mean, right. I guess if their new roster building MO is we're just going to get 22 guys that don't get hurt. So we don't have to build depth. Okay, sure. Good luck with that one. Let me know how that works out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now with a 17 game season, like, yeah. sure. Right. And, and again, like kind of going back to it too, like you can't say that and then have Tyron Smith as your starting left tackle. Like, yeah, if there's anybody on the team who fits that, you know, best available, you know, best, best ability, 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 Tyron Smith's probably not that. But again, he's really good when he's that's yeah. Mark Cooper, Lyle Collins, Randy Gregory. When they're on the field and they're healthy, they're really good. You want them on your team. So, so um, are you, I saw you tweet about it. Are you mad that Julio Jones is a Buccaneer? I am not mad that Julio Jones is a Buccaneer. What I'm mad about is that it's the process. I I think I I tweet, let me see if I can find the tweet real quick. But for me, it wasn't Julio Jones. It was, this is the tweet that I sent out yesterday. It's not the name I have an issue with. It's the thought process. I don't want the Cowboys to sign someone just to sign someone. I want the Cowboys to improve their roster so they can win the NFC East and compete in the playoffs, something they haven't done consistently for 25 plus years. Like, I think that's fair. I don't care if it's Julio Jones. I don't care if it's Will Fuller. I don't care if it's Odell. Odell. Like, I don't care who it is. It's like going into this year, you're likely not going to have a healthy Michael Gallup to start the year for two to six weeks. And when he comes back, like, 
And ACL for a wide receiver is a little bit, even though it is, like you said, 2022, modern medicine's crazy. You're coming back from those things a little bit better, a little bit quicker, but it's still a wide receiver with a torn ACL. Like that's not, yeah. you're not playing quarterback. You're not a defensive tackle. Like you're cutting, you're moving, you're changing directions, you're route running. Like it's all based on trusting your legs, your feet, changing directions, being yeah. like it could be Halloween before Michael Gallup's like, okay, I'm back to the form that I need to play in. Right. So like we talked about the other day, you're going into the season with CD lamb and a bunch of guys. Jalen Tolbert could be a dude. We don't know. He's never taken a snap in the NFL. James Washington. We can blame it all on Ben Roethlisberger all we want, but he's been in the league for four years and it's been a disappointing four years. Even when Ben big Ben was still a capable quarterback. Yeah. After those three guys to start the year, it's Simi Fahoko, it's Noah Brown, it's TJ Vasher, it's guys who have never done anything in the NFL. You have to cover your – you can't go into the – say it takes Michael Gallup three weeks. If you go 0-3 because your receivers are so bad, it's a 17-game season. Pulling yourself out an 0-3 hole when you have Tampa Bay and Cincinnati back-to-back that's hard to do. You have 14 games to pull yourself out of a hole. If you dig yourself a hole because your roster wasn't equipped to handle it, that's not anybody else's fault but your own because you right. had the opportunities to do that and you did it. I mean, a couple of things here. I mean, I, I think it's a good thing to remind people that a lot of what we do, Connor, you and I and others in this sort of game do, we evaluate the process. Right. Like, you know, they could go on and win the NFC East. Absolutely. You know, go it away. And that's great. But does it mean that the process that they've put into place in terms of roster construction over the past couple of months is a good one? Right. They could win the NFC East with a flawed roster construction process. And so that's what we're focusing on here. The other thing to sort of keep in mind and maybe just throw this out there. Do you think that they're looking at there's going to be guys that are going to be available in a couple of weeks? Like, Guys are going to get cut. Like, you know, there's going to be fringe roster guys and other organizations. Some teams might have to move on from players because they've got needs at other positions. So we might be able to add some guys in. Maybe they're thinking that, but that's also flawed because then you're trying to get guys up to speed. So and that brings me to the last point. And I you saw, don't know who that is. You know, like yeah. you're guessing on who. Yeah, I mean, it's the mystery box. Right. Yeah. Then that brings me to my next question. Cole Beasley. <laughs> because I saw RJ put out a poll over a blog in the boys that had last I saw over 1600 votes with overwhelming support. 62% say bring Cole Beasley back. I mean, he fits what I'm talking about. Like I said, like it's not necessarily Julio Jones. It's not necessarily Wolf or Cole Beasley, but like equip your roster to where if Michael Gallup isn't ready for eight weeks or Jalen Tolbert, rolls his ankle in the first week and has a high ankle sprain and he's out for seven weeks. What's next? Right. And like, that's what makes the Rams and Buccaneers and these deep teams that consistently compete for a championship over the last four or five years. So good. Like you can go from Chris Godwin to Mike Ed Edmonds to Jalen Dart, you know, good, whatever, good player. They bring in a guy like Julio Jones to go. I mean, it's the same situation. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans on the Bucks. Yep. Chris Godwin is coming off a torn ACL. They said, if Chris Godwin ain't ready, Julio Jones can, can pick up that slack for us for the first four or five weeks. Right. We're going to equip ourselves to not put ourselves in a hole. The Rams, midseason last year, went 
Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. We're not going to rely on Ben Skoranek to be our guy if one of these guys get hurt. And again, obviously, Robert Woods tore his ACL, and Odell floated in and did great. Like they don't, they don't, they don't have the faith in their sixth, fifth, seventh round rookies that the Cowboys do. And I think that just comes from like a blind arrogance where it's like, we drafted these guys. We know they're going to be good, but that's not always the case. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's the sort of, you know, I'm getting a lot of parallels to New England yeah. and Bill Belichick and an overemphasis on trust in their evaluations right. of guys that you brought in. I mean, you know, Belichick has from time to time moved on quickly from a mistake, but there have also been situations where they're just like, look, we drafted Jared Sidham in the fourth round. Like, we're going to make this work. We're smarter than everybody else. And right. sometimes that kind of moves the needle from a decision-making standpoint. It's like, look, we trusted our evaluation on these guys. We got it right. Rest of the league got it wrong. Right. So we're going to roll with, you know, Noah Brown and Semi Fajoko as our fourth and fifth receivers this year because we trust what we got done with these guys. Yeah. No, I, I've compared that, which, again, I'm not comparing the Cowboys to New England because New England's success rate over the last 20 years is unmatched, obviously. But, like – Maybe you can tell me I'm wrong here, but the way they try to build their teams is very similar. Like they're not these huge spenders in free agency. They're not going out. You know, they they did they have been a little bit more recently than they used to be. But a lot of it was we're going to trust our quarterback to stay healthy. We're going to try to draft well. We're going to build through the draft and go from there. And I feel like that's been the Cowboys' strategy. But they didn't have Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski. Like, yeah, I mean, look, my my ultimate lesson and takeaway from the sort of Brady Belichick era was that Tom Brady is just really good at playing quarterback. Yeah, like that's my because like it's not like the Patriots nailed a lot of stuff. You right, know? they got some picks right. They can evaluate the slot receiver position. The only outside boundary receiver they got right or that entire run was traded for Randy Moss. Which right. hi, like. You traded for Randy Moss. Like, it right. wasn't a big brain move or anything <laughs> like that. Tom Brady papered over a ton of mistakes. Can Dak Prescott do that? I think so. Right. You know, maybe not to that elite, elite and, level, and, but. And that's kind of what I describe over the last four years of Dak Prescott, where it's like when Dak Prescott went down and Andy Dalton stepped in, you were the worst team in the league. Like, yeah. when Dak Prescott's healthy, you're you know, hopefully winning the NFC East and you're not able to really get past a certain step in the playoffs right now. Cause I think the, I don't think Dak Prescott's Tom Brady and I don't think the roster is good enough around them to really catapult that. But at some point, I mean, I just think there's a proven, like they, the Rams have kind of proven the way, maybe not to that extent of the Rams, but they're showing you, this is how you do it. Like when you have that window, this is how you go all in and you go for it. Like, yeah, I mean, I think 
Do you think that the Rams and what they did last year and actually how they've constructed their roster over the past couple of years and what they've done has really sort of changed the game to the point where more teams are going to say, you know what, the draft is such a crapshoot. Like, let other teams draft guys. We'll then add veterans. Like, let other teams get evaluations right and wrong. We're going to build through free agency. We're going to build through trades. Forget the draft. Like, everybody gets it wrong. So yeah, I mean, if you've got the first overall pick, you might be able to get it right. right. But short of that, just well, add through free agency and trades. I think they do. I think they do a, they might be a little too aggressive for my liking, Yeah, but they're picking at the end of every round and they're going, are we going to find a starting caliber player? It pick. I mean, obviously it was 32 this year, but it picked 27 through 32. Right. Maybe one. Or we could trade our first and second round pick and get two of those guys for sure. And again, they yeah. like they don't care what's going on in four years if they win two Super Bowl. They played in one, 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 and there's a good chance they could be back to another. Like they still have a really good team, so they don't care. I mean, they're yeah. like, okay, cool. If we gotta, if we gotta hit the reset button in four years to get our salary cap back in line and go for it, then even though we don't know for sure that that's going to happen because the cap continues to grow. You see what you can do with, you know, cap could be half a billion dollars before we know it. So, I mean, yeah, that is, like I said, like, I I just think that they build their team the way that I, to a certain extent, maybe not that full, just balls to the walls type of mentality, but like close to what I think you, I mean, the Dodgers are the same way in baseball. Like the Dodgers go get these superstars and they are, in the NLCS every year and won the you know, World Series last year. Like, they have an aggressive approach to winning, and it works. And I just think that that's – I don't know. That's, like, my biggest takeaway from this. That's kind of what this the theme of this podcast is or what is that, you know, talking points, takeaways from everything is it's just the Joneses have to change because we talked about how disappointing the 2021 season was, how they weren't able to show any sort of postseason progression – what are you going to do different in 2022? And they pretty much said, what we're going to do is move on from our good players who are hurt. Yeah. And it's like, that's not a good thing. Like, that's not the, that's not what we wanted to have change. Like what we wanted to have change is yes, we have the second most cap space in the NFL right now. We're going to go out and add a couple guys, you know, now that we're at camp, you know, it, it wide receiver, it, it tied in. I mean, that's another position. If Dalton Schultz gets hurt, you got Jeremy Sprinkle and Sean McEwen and Jake. Yeah, we talked about that last it's, week. It's like, oh boy. If, if your left guard gets hurt, if Tyler Smith gets hurt in week two, you have not a soul on that team that can play left guard. Yeah. You don't have a swing tackle. You don't have depth at defensive tackle. If Demarcus Lawrence gets hurt, he has a knack of getting hurt, banged up. You're then starting Dorrance Armstrong and Dante Fowler, defensive end. Good God, man. I'm not even a Cowboys fan and you're making me nervous. I know. But I just don't get I don't get how fans can like I just can never be that homer, man. I'm just like looking at the roster and like and maybe like you said, like we do it, we we're more invested in it, I guess, than maybe the the casual fan where we're we're looking at the roster building, we're looking at the team building and going, Yeah, they're not doing this the in my opinion, the right way. That's why I'm frustrated. Like I'd like to see them do these things, this thing, that thing, be more aggressive and you don't see it. And then you go, all that has to happen is this, this, and that. And the season's pretty much screwed unless you have some magic luck happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a I big mean, fan of relying on the magic luck. <laughs> 
I mean, it worked for them in Dak's rookie year. Yep, it did. I mean, so so maybe there's some handover there from that. It's also tough when you see the Eagles, right, a division rival, be so aggressive this offseason. And yes, they had a ton of draft capital to work with. They had a ton of cap space, but like you pointed out, Dallas had cap space too, right? right. And you can maneuver around the cap, like like you can be creative. You can do what teams have done and just say, look, you know, we'll put void years on it, whatever. It's hard when you're seeing a division rival be so aggressive and the team that you root for, the team that you cover, the team you're so invested in, isn't. I, I, I'll never forget when the Eagles went all in that year and won the Super Bowl. Like they traded for Jay Ajayi, like in the middle of the year. Everybody, just wait. So they'll never be able to pay these guys their salary. They're going to be in cap hell in two years. And it's like, no, they traded their, they, they moved on from their bad quarterback that, yep. that has struggled. And now they still have a ton of salary cap space. They're still able to bring in AJ Brown and pay him a ton of money. Like, I don't know. I don't know why people get, they fall into that trap of you can't do this because of that. When nobody has, I mean, the Rams are perfect. They've been doing this for three, four years at this point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the kid, the cap is going to keep increasing, like, mm-hmm. like, like barring some sort of calamity in the National Football League. The cap's going to keep going up. And mm-hmm. so you kick the can down the road, you'll figure it out down the road, and you're aggressive up front. Like, especially when you've moved early on Dak, right? which was a smart move. I know a lot of people were like, wait, why do you – because look at what Lamar's going to get. Look at what Herbert right. and Burrow are going to get. Like moving early on the quarterback was smart. Make take advantage of that. They haven't done that. And again, talking about teams with who are aggressive, the Chiefs and star tight end Travis Kelsey have agreed to terms on a, an adjusted contract to give him a raise in 2022. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there you go. There's another example, right? Where they a have team like, went early on a quarterback. They're being aggressive. They're they're yeah. yeah. They're, they're again like the good teams show you how to do it. I think, and I wish they would follow yeah. that more, but. Um, and staying on the topic, but this was another talking point. Um, there's a report that came out over the weekend, I want to say it was, but there's been like some reports that they were interested in pursuing Anthony Barr, but that was kind of put to rest over the weekend. Um, they said that right now they don't plan to, you know, pursue him anymore. That's just one of those other positions where it's like you got Micah Parsons, you got Leighton Vander Esch, and then you're relying on Jabril Cox and rookies or, you know, kind of like Jag style veterans where it's like you lost Randy Gregory, Anthony Barr could kind of play the Micah Parsons, obviously not as talented, but 2.0 type of role as a off the ball linebacker and pass rusher. Yeah, That's a move I'd like to see him make. I think that that linebacker depth isn't great. Your pass rush depth isn't awesome. He could help you in both of those areas. Yeah. I mean, it's, he's not like an elite, you know, linebacker hybrid no. player right now, but it gets you to that issue we've talked about for basically the past two shows, the depth, right? Like, is he, is he going to come in and like supplant Micah Parsons in that role? Absolutely not. But can he sort of come in, step into that role, give you some snaps off the edge? Like he had, I'm, I'm, I've pulled him up right now. I think 180 snaps on the edge last year. And so you know, he can give you that. He can give you, you know, 420 snaps as an off-ball linebacker, whether it's, you know, as a will outside or even between the, the tackles and the inside linebacker role. Like, you know, he's susceptible to play action times and things like that. Pretty good in coverage, disruptive at the catch point. 
it's a nice depth piece to give you an option. If say Micah Parsons rolls an ankle and he's down for two weeks, like you hope that doesn't happen, but now you've got a guy or if, cause I think is Cox on the pup list right now, or is he like, and if I, like, I think he's not practicing yeah, right away. Okay. Yeah. I mean, a guy that can sort of step in. I mean, again, build in depth. It's a 53 man roster for a reason. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I kind of want to close with just – I want to talk about two or three guys who need to have good off-seasons, training camps, preseasons. You know, they need to show up and, and show that they're ready to take on a role. And the name I want to start with is Kelvin Joseph, who's been in the been in the news quite a bit this, this off-season. Um, they did say that the Dallas Police Department and investigating department and – Everybody said that he is cleared from any criminal charges from the um, he was involved in a murder investigation, was yeah. on the scene, said that he was cleared of any criminal wrongdoing there. So from a, you know, law and police standpoint, no trouble should be coming his way. But the NFL is its own beast. So they could they could still slap down suspensions. But um, obviously, he's a guy who didn't play a ton in year one. When he did play, it wasn't bad by any means. He, he he had solid reps when he was asked to play. But I think he's a guy that this team drafted in the second round last year, and they had plans for him to take over as a starter in year two. And yeah. obviously when you don't play a ton in year one and you get yourself into some, you know, whether you call it trouble or just in with the wrong crowd in the offseason in year two, it's hard for you to earn a starting job straight to camp. But I think that if he does come out and play really well, they could look to push him that way. What are your thoughts on Kelvin Joseph? And do you think he has a chance to maybe earn one of those, those starting jobs? At the I end mean, I think he does have a chance. Like when you're looking at, you know, what he did last year, I think he only had like 200 snaps or something like that. Uh, you know, good play speed, good lawn speed, somewhat disruptive at the catch point. Um, can also contribute on special teams, you know, punk coverage as a gunner and things like that. So not only is there an opportunity for him to take on a big role with this team, you're going to need a good CB across from Diggs because right. say what you, whatever you want to say about Diggs, whether he's the best corner in the league or he's bad. And I know that's been a huge point of contention this entire off season. And he's talked about it on, on Twitter and, you know, PFF made up a stat and now everybody <laughs> believes it, which I mean, you know, maybe there's something to that. Um, you need to have a good CB too, because, because of the reputation, because of the 11 picks last year, like quarter, quarterbacks might shy away from targeting him next year like he, I think he's kind of earned that you're gonna need a good solid CB2 across him and I, I think Joseph showed at times the ability to be that kind of player now of course like you said that there's a sort of law and order situation that is playing out now he has right. been cleared like you said league might still do what the league does uh, but whether they do or not whether he's out for a game or two or not he can step up and be that CB2 I think the talent is there it's just, can he do it consistently, particularly when he might be targeted early and often if he started across from Diggs? Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and then the next guy, I, I agree pretty much word for word for what you said. It's just taking advantage of those opportunities is, I yeah. think, his biggest thing. Um, I think they're fine with Anthony Brown starting. I think they're fine with Jordan Lewis starting, but I think that if they can – show that the guy they drafted in the second round pick is ready to be a starter. That makes them look smarter and it yep. can give them the option to move on from one of those guys who makes a little bit of money and add more cap space for yep. whatever reason, but um, <laughs> to do nothing with it. Um, 
The next guy we've talked a lot about, and that's Jalen Tolbert. I mean, I don't even want to spend a ton of time on him, but I think he's a guy that based on what we've talked about and what we think that they're going to do as far as not bringing in one of those, you know, and, and again, I don't want to sit here and call the guys left in free agency difference makers, but on this team, they would probably be a difference maker because of yeah. what you got. But if Jalen Tolbert can come out and be, I mean, he's not going to be Jamar Chase. Let's just talk about it. Like that's right. not going to happen. But if he could come out and prove to be a seven, 800 yard rookie receiver with, you know, four or five touchdowns, I mean, that's just going to be huge because it, it takes some of that pressure off of CD lamb takes some of that pressure off of Dak Prescott and goes, okay, we have a dude who can legit be, you know, a second wide receiver in this offense and not kill us. Yeah. I mean, look, if he could sort of come out and be like T Higgins at his rookie season, right. Higgins had like, I think 60, 67 catches for nine, 908 yards and six touchdowns. Like if he can give you that, I think you take it in a heartbeat. And they're certainly placing a lot of eggs in the sort of Jalen Tolbert is going to be the guy we drafted him, the guy we evaluated. He's going to be able to step up, which again, feeds in nicely to how we started this conversation, trusting their evaluations perhaps yeah. more than other teams. But, you know, we liked him on the outside too. And so if he can give you five, six touchdowns, if he can give you 50, 60 receptions, yeah, you'll take that in a heartbeat. And I think he's got the talent to do it. Whether he doesn't, that's a different question. Last guy, Tyler Smith, um, that's going to be massive. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just going to be – if he's – again, apparently he's looking good. You know, everybody looks good in the offseason, but apparently he's looking good. Like, he's putting in the work. He's putting in the effort. That's all you can ask from a rookie, you know, super young rookie offensive lineman. Um, but, I mean, truly you could make the case that the Cowboys' season success – even though he is a left guard, could fall on Tyler Smith because if he's brutally bad, what we talked about this roster construction, they don't have another left guard. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> they better hope he, they get that one right. If he's really, really, really good and that offensive line can improve from where it was last year, you're in that, that's your recipe for being better than you were last year. Is your offensive line improving that much and going, yeah. we can run the ball, we can pass protect better. And we can control the line of scrimmage. Yeah. I mean, that's the bet they've that's the bet they've made. When, when yep. you've moved on for some of the guys you've moved on, particularly up front, you know, when you understand that like you need to protect the quarterback in today's NFL, when you understand that interior defensive linemen are disruptive pass rushers in today's game, like the Aaron Donalds of the world, like, yeah, you better have a guy that can hold up. And you know, this is a team that's gonna see some very good interior pass rushers on their schedule this year right I mean, away <laughs> right away it, it starts right away with you get you know the guys at, at tampa bay you're gonna get aaron donald like yeah you know philly's got some guys on the inside that can rush like green bay's got some guys now yeah. that can rush from the interior so he's gonna have to step up if he does hey they got it right it'll work if not man we're gonna be talking draft pretty early yep and that's Again, going back to the original talking point, that's my concern is I feel like you can say that about six different guys on this roster. Yeah. If, if yeah. you know, obviously if your quarterback doesn't play good, you're screwed. But if CD yeah. Lamb's not ready to take over as your wide receiver one, you're screwed. If Michael Parsons gets hurt or, you know, goes back down to what the the average linebacker, you know, is, you're probably screwed. If you have your offensive line, if Tyron Smith gets hurt, you don't have a swing tackle. You're probably screwed. If Terrence Steele 
reverts back to what we kind of thought he was coming out of college and not a starting caliber right tackle, you're screwed. You don't have a swing tackle. Tyler Smith can't play. You're screwed. If one of those tight ends doesn't play or gets hurt, you're screwed. So there's, I can count about nine positions where if it doesn't go how you're hoping it's going to go, it's going to get ugly. (laughs) Happy trading camp, everybody. (laughs) Football's back. But hey, if all those guys are really good, we're going to be really good. So they're going to the bowl then. Yeah. So, hey, it could happen. If only they had 20 millions of dollars to, you know, say, hey, let's bring in a guy who has at least played some snaps at offensive tackle in the NFL. We need him, you know, just just in case or just in case, you know, just in a case receiver that, that has some experience. Let's bring him in because we are fifth wide receiver right now has never played football in three years. <laughs> hey, you know, so you're saying he's rested. That's right. He's healthy and ready. To, hey, Jerry loves it. He's like, he ain't going to be hurt. He ain't played. Him. <laughs> He's got, he doesn't have a bruise on his body. He's fine. He's good to go. Yeah. Oh, but we're here. We're here. We're, we're here. here. We made it, man. We're here and we're hoping everybody at least stays healthy through camp and gets to the first week. Cause that's, uh, God, that if can, we're talking injuries next week, uh, man, just wrap it up, wrap yeah. it up. So we appreciate y'all hanging with us throughout the, the slow off season. We're excited to get back and having a lot more content to talk about and a lot more important things to talk about. Um, again, happy training camp day. We'll be back every, every Wednesday talking more about camp practices, hopefully some off season acquisitions and who's looking good and who's not. So we're excited to keep coming back, talking about camp, getting into the preseason and then kicking this boy off for week one, which is, little under a uh, little over a month month away so it'll be here before you know it uh, we're excited we'll be back next week we appreciate you guys for listening we are talking to stuff.